All right. <laughs> All right. Our next guest is a legendary rock and roll fashion designer. Not only rock and roll, but the dude's kind of covered every genre at this point. I mean, I, I grew up watching his stage, his clothes on stage, and it's going to be really cool to get to the bottom of, you know, how all this stuff is created. Uh, Stefan, what's happening? Warren Star Clothing, what's going on? A whole lot. How you guys doing? Good. Good. Pleasure, Good. pleasure to have you on today, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting be because uh, I mean, so is that the new Zeppelin pinball machine you designed behind you there? It is. That looks awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, that's because it is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, pinball's really been making a comeback the last couple of years. I mean, in Montreal, we we got North Star Pinball, which is it's it's just all pinball and like craft booze and. It's it's oh, pretty cool. cool to see like and, and it's all vinyl too. My buddies they have a DJ group called the Punk Police and they DJ every second Friday of the uh, of the month. And it's all all forty fives, all vintage forty fives, all punk and uh, soul and uh, and it's just you go over there you play pinball. It's it's great. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So what goes into like designing a pinball machine? I mean, is that I'm I'm guessing it's kind of different from designing clothes. Uh, it's different from designing clothes, but um, clothes wasn't where I started. I, you know, it's it's basic graphic design. I've 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 done graphic design in the entertainment industry for decades now, so it's not really that different. And uh, but obviously, there's different elements you got to design. You got to design the cabinet and the play field and back glass and a lot of other elements in it. Um, but I also have a package design background. I I think it's similar to that. You just got to mm -hmm. think in 3D, even though everything that you're designing is 2D. Right. No, that makes sense. I'm, is it, yeah, go ahead, Mitch. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, where did the, uh, what was your first love when it comes to designing and, and to the creative arts? Because you've done photography, you, you know, you, you sort of pimp people's guitars, for the lack of a better word. You, you do the clothing, you do all kinds of other stuff. What was that first one where you got in and said, I'm a you know this what was the this were you a photographer first were you a designer first did you want to make well, comic books first no 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 uh i was a musician first um but i always loved visual art and i was always uh enjoyed that in in my schooling and so i got into graphic design and photography in college um and this was in the early 90s so you know, uh, digital graphic design was still in its infancy. Digital photography hadn't really happened yet. Um, you know, I'd learned on Photoshop 2.0 way, way back when. So I've been using <laughs> it ever since then. Um, but I've always loved, I, I think I loved music. I loved photography and I loved graphic design, but I think graphic design is probably where I shined the most. So that's what I, I liked focusing on the most. But uh, I love photography as well. Originally, I was a photography major in college and mm. uh, found that I could I could shoot with the best of them. But uh, as far as the darkroom went, I was OK. I, I didn't enjoy it as much. Uh, I preferred shooting. But then when I was working on digital work uh, and when photography came, when the digital finally caught up with the photography, uh, I was able to do a lot of the work that I do in Photoshop on my photography so I can shoot and then do my darkroom work on a computer instead. So that's when I kind of married the two together. Who were some of the photographers that you grew up in, like, loving their work? Oh, my goodness. Were you like a Ross a big... Halfen guy or uh, Mark Knight? Bob Gruen. 
I'm well, you, you're naming all of them. I mean, those are all great ones. I grew up with uh, flipping through magazines like Rolling Stone and Circus and Rip and Hit Parader, all those. Um, and really focused too much on the photography as much as I just liked a cool vibe mm. and, and, and as much on the photographer rather, uh, unfortunately. So I didn't really study photographers. I just, I just knew shots that I liked because I knew certain people can, uh, uh, certain people had a style that I liked that I tried to emulate when I started out. Right. But uh, it was, but for, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, but I, I love doing album artwork, I guess is, is, uh, so I liked photographers that would do stuff, uh, the stuff for that. Um, one of my big influences was Hugh Syme. He's an art director. Um, and uh, I got to meet him about a month ago for the first time. Um, but yeah, he did a lot of album covers uh, in the 80s and 90s and still does them today. What do you think the difference is between a photographer like, you know, Mick Rock versus uh, Mark Weiss or somebody like that? What do you, what do you think? Like, where do you think they draw their inspiration from? And what, what sets a photographer apart from another photographer? Um, ooh. Uh, I think they hopefully they get the same inspiration that I get. I usually like my inspiration comes from the subject that I'm working with. I like to vibe off the person or the band that I'm shooting. Um, generally, I don't shoot a lot. I used to shoot a lot more live. I don't do it as much anymore. But when I would shoot live, I preferred shooting with bands uh, and artists that I knew mm -hmm. uh, versus I'd shot a couple of times when when I was just hired to shoot and I'd go out there and I I would shoot the live band. And I didn't if I didn't know the people, I didn't kind of get the the vibe of what I was trying to, you know, right. what I was what I what I thought of. Um, I wasn't get the vibe of how to capture that band. You had to be inspired I, by I the music inspired by the music but also inspired by the personality when i'm when i'm able to sh talk to them beforehand where i'm able to shoot them in a studio beforehand i can vibe off of them and, and see what kind of uh energy i'm gonna i'm gonna get off of them versus just going in cold to a photo pit and just shooting guys on stage it could be anybody right yeah let me but ask you two questions I was going to say, you know, I'm sure it's a lot more fun shooting somebody shooting Kiss versus shooting like some shoegaze band. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> Spectacles always a little bit better. It is. Uh, let me just ask you about what I see there behind you. You've got a picture of euthanasia from uh, Megadeth, of course, which is you, Syme. Yep, who designed that's, that. That's, I, I, got, I got that um, just that showed up in the mail a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. I, when I met him down at his... Uh, his gallery opening last month. Nice. I do want to ask you about that, but I want to get over there to Dimebag Daryl because that is a, a very, very uh, famous picture of him that you took. I did. Mm. Uh, talk to me about working with Dimebag because obviously when that thing happened, it just crushed all of us. Uh, yes. What was it like working with him? Oh, goodness. Um, working with Daryl, probably the finest human being I think I've ever met. Not just musician, not just um, band guy, probably the nicest person I think I've ever met. I don't know if you guys have met him before. I have, and I'll, and when you permit, I'll tell you the story because it's, it's hilarious. Okay. It's hilarious. Okay. Well, they, usually any story that involves him is. Um, but <laughs> I, but uh, I met him hmm, probably, well, I met him on the phone first in early 2004. So 
not long before he passed. And it was when he was coming back to Dean Guitars and um, the guys at Dean Guitars said, hey, you want to design some guitars for Daryl? And uh, it was my first guitar design. Uh, I, I wanted to design guitars for years. Actually, I did one acoustic for Michael Schenker, but then I, uh, then I got asked to do Daryl's guitars. And I said, sure. And we started designing. Uh, the, the Razorback was already kind of put together mm. um, between uh, Dean and, and Daryl. And then I started designing graphics for it. And, um, and I get a call on the phone and it's a conference call with Daryl and Dean. And that's when I met him. That was early 2004. And they was talking about the designs I did. I did the, the Rust Razorback guitar. Yeah. And they actually, he, they loved it. And I said, cool, what changes do you want to make to it? And they're like, dude, that uh, Daryl's like, dude, that's already going into production the way it is. I'm like, holy cow. Wow. <laughs> so then um, we just, we talked for a little bit about uh, a bunch of ideas. And then in November uh, in Milwaukee, they uh, Daryl was Daryl was playing with Damage Plan um, and they, he was staying at the hotel across the street. So we went up. I went up there and I met Daryl face to face. And he hugged me like I've known him forever. And uh, just a very warm human being, very nice. He was uh, he was ready to, to to design and create. Earlier that day, he had gone to Kmart and spent about two hundred dollars on art supplies and just drew a bunch of designs because uh, that's how he did it. And he showed them to me, and then I had a bunch of designs that I had prepared. And we, uh, Daryl and I, sat in this hotel room for hours just designing guitars. And it was a surreal experience, but it was so, so, so cool. And then um, I went home. I didn't go to the gig that night, but they were playing Chicago the next day at the House of Blues. And so I came out to that and um, that photo was taken there. Mm. And uh, and I after that show, I was Great so picture. busy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, after that show, I was so busy. I never even looked at the photos. Um, because we were so busy, it was November, and we were launching uh, Daryl at NAM in January. Mm. So um, I had to get a bunch of designs done, and uh, and then I heard the news. Um, there's a whole story about that, but uh, I heard the news about it, and there uh, the night it happened, and I was on the phone with Dean, like, well, we need a photograph to do a tribute to him. It's like, did you get anything good from the other night? I'm like, I hadn't even looked. So I started scrolling through all the photos and I landed on that one. And uh, we both go, that's Daryl. That's not a, it's not a rock star shot, but it's, it's totally Daryl. That's mm -hmm. him. That's his personality in that shot. And so I, I let them, I let Dean guitars use it as a tribute uh, for that. And, and then it was used everywhere after that. Right yeah, now. it's it's all over the internet. When when you uh, when you Google, that's one of the first images that pops out, and that's what why it's so classic and so yeah. special. It's iconic at this point. That that shot. I mean, totally, totally. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's a good you know, it's good to have him there over my shoulder. And that Razorback Rust guitar, by the way, they're still making it. It's still in production. I saw one at uh, I saw one in Montreal. Like, geez, last week at Steve's, it was on the shelf. Yep. Yeah, they just uh, they just re-released it, reissued it as a as a uh, as an import, but mm -hmm. it was originally done 
as a uh, as a USA model, as a tribute model. In oh, fact, okay. um, we, there was one that was made um, that he hadn't, Daryl hadn't even seen the finished Razorback yet um, before oh. he was killed. Yeah. So a couple of days after um, the show in Columbus, he was supposed to come back to Chicago. Uh, I believe it was Soil that was playing a gig and he was going to come out to that. And we were going to present him with the first one. So we had the first Razorback guitar with the rust finish on it. It had a different set of inlays than what went in the production. And that was to be the guitar that he was going to, he was going to see for the first time. We had photographer lined up and everything. And, um, and of course what happened happened. Mm. And, uh, and then we decided to, uh, that guitar still exists. I believe Dean guitars has it. Um, and we, we decided to take that guitar and turn it into uh, a tribute. And then I designed a, a crest that's his uh, face with the two crossed guitars and the wings. And that got put on the headstock. That design's also been everywhere, too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, we got it. And, and, and can I share that story of, of uh, meeting him? It's, it's hilarious. Please Real quick. do. So uh, they come to Montreal with uh, Anthrax back in around volume eight so 98 99 i guess and i take frank and charlie around montreal we go record store shopping and the whole thing and then i take them out to the venue so we get out to the venue we're hanging around and all this stuff and they're downstairs in the basement in their dressing room and they're just sort of strumming along and charlie sort of and Dimebag's there and vinnie paul's there and all of a sudden you hear these stomping steps coming down the hall and the guys go, you got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Everybody's got to leave. And I went, I, I go, why? They go, that's that's Phil. And if he's stomping, he's in a bad mood. He goes, they go, you can stay here if you want, but we're not responsible. <laughs> <laughs> and they literally, so you've got all the Anthrax guys with John Bush and and, and the, the, the Pantera guys with Rex. They go running out of it like in a cartoon. He goes, and the, it was the funniest <laughs> thing you've ever seen anyway it ends up we're all up at catering and i end up having chocolate cake with with dime bag and Vinny, and and that was it i mean that was the st the strangest day of my life but you just you hear and it is <gasps> i was like what the fuck <laughs> that means he's in a bad mood okay they were scared of phil jeez they, they were frightened of phil like literally the the cartoon soundtrack started going you know that it was yeah. like you know beep, beep they all became road runners <laughs> i could tell you the picture that happened too right benny hill music and you've been around i guess the pantera camp i guess you must have heard the stomping footsteps too and gone oh shit it's gonna be one of those <laughs> well no no i didn't i didn't meet the daryl and and vince until uh oh after until a damage plan oh, okay 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 oh. so i didn't meet them till much later um let me just quickly ask you about the photography are you sure. more interested in getting a proper posed picture and it has to have certain elements or are you more one that just wants to capture a a, a moment if you know what i mean um well it depends if you're talking about live or studio right um uh, I'm not really looking for, I don't like pose stuff. I think right. it's too boring and cheesy. I'm looking for personality and energy. I want, absolutely. What I want to see is I want that. I, 
not, it doesn't have to be an iconic shot. It just has to have their personality. I want that shot that if I was flipping through a magazine back in 1984, I would go, holy crap, I would tear that out and I would hang it on my wall. That's the reaction I want from my photography or when I'm, when I'm trying to shoot, when I'm shooting artists. I want the an iconic shot. And when I shoot uh, for, when I'm shooting for the artist, it's one thing. I'm trying to capture what they want. Right. When I'm shooting for Warren Star, I'm trying to capture the clothes, of course, um, but it's more important that it's about them wearing the clothes. So I'm looking for a personality shot of them. I'm look, especially when I'm shooting a rock star. It's always, well, I want, uh, I want to do a photo of what your fans would like to see. If, if my, if my clothing looks good in it, all the better. Right. But I'm more, I'm more interested in in knowing in in saying if I was shooting, um, oh, I don't know, I can't even think of a band right now, but. Let's say if I was shooting Daryl, if I was taking pictures of Daryl, mm -hmm. um, I would want to I would want to get a capture a photo of what I think Dimebag Daryl and Pantera and Damage Plan fans would want to see. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, let me just get on to the clothing for a second. How did you morph into designing clothing? And the other question is, how did you get into this world? Because there's a lot of kids sitting at home and there's even me going, Oh, I'd love to be with rock stars every day but we never get there. Uh, how did you become sort of the, 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 the dresser of, of the rock star? Well, um, the rock star thing, being around rock stars, that is part of the job. Uh, that is the least of my interest though. That's, uh, I was more concerned about designing a, a cool clothing line that I liked that, um, that our customers would like and that artists would like. The I started out in the music industry first, being a musician and then doing band photos and album artwork and guitars. So I already knew a lot of people in the industry. Um, and uh, so when I started, the, we started the clothing company just as a side business. We started Warren Star as a side business and just to kind of help bring in business to the photography because we would be like, oh, we have a stylist on staff. And um, and I'd al always designed merchandise for bands for different bands and uh, my wife had always designed clothing for some of the bands we would shoot mm. so when we turned it into a clothing brand it it made a lot of sense i and um but yeah as far as hanging out with rock stars and all that stuff it's funny because we do get when we when we're hiring new employees that's one of the first questions we ask it's like they all think that it's all about hanging out with rock stars all day right and and that happens once in a while, but if that's what you're interested in, I, I'm not interested in hiring you. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I mean, how did how did the Warren Star look become the look that it is now? It's like I mean, from the jeans and the shirts to the hats, it's like I mean, you know, I think you're the golden standard for for stage jeans at this point. It's like everybody wears your stuff, and you see it, and you immediately know. Okay, that's a Warren Star. Just like you see a Christian Benner jacket, you're like, okay, that's a Christian Benner, or that's a Ray Brown, or, you know, yeah. hey, oh, that's a John Vervedo's jacket for sure. It's yeah. like, you know, the Warren Star has a look to it. And how did that look happen? Well, um, it evolved. It started out really small. We're still a very small company. There's just eight of us. Um, but it started out, like, a, like I said, as a side project. And our, the first showroom was our garage. But and we we just started out with doing graphic tees because that's what I do. I design graphic tees. And then 
Sylvia, my wife, would do the custom stage wear. Mm. Um, it just evolved because um, I guess because I, I mean, I do the design and the photography and all the creative direction and, and Sylvia and I do the marketing as well for the company. So and I've always done that for other brands when I was doing stuff for Dean Guitars and Stern Pinball and uh, several other amp companies and guitar companies. My job was always to help with the branding, help build the look of the company. So that's what I did with Warrenstar. I tried to build the brand, try to build the look of the company, and then keep trying to put out good product. I'm more concerned with putting out good product, quality stuff than... Um, you know, because then then over the top looks because we even have simple T-shirts now that are have no graphics on them and they're selling like crazy. Right. Um, but I do I draw inspiration from everything that I listened to growing up, rock and hard rock and and soul and funk. And we, we like a little and and I'm a child of the 70s, so I love all the 70s glam rock stuff. Right. Um, Best era. I, and, and yeah, exactly. And then in the eighties, I know all the Ray Brown stuff and uh, you know, we, 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 and we get inspired, inspired by other designers as well. We see, I like this, but I don't like that. And, and, um, and we kind of try and make some stuff our own um, by getting inspired by some of those other designers, even the ones that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Let, me, let me just ask you this. Cause I'm I'm pretty sure that one of my favorite T-shirts was designed by you, but I wear a shirt by Damon Johnson, Memoirs of an Uprising, with that bird on it. It is a fantastic shirt, and the material—I don't know if that's your shirt—but the material is no. comfortable as hell. Um, you work with Damon? I do. I designed that album cover for him. Yes, I designed that whole album for him. It's brilliant. It's it's brilliant, and the <laughs> shirt and the shirts the shirts comfortable. But Thank talk you. to me just real quick about Damon because I've been a friend of Damon's for yeah. 15 years if not more great dude. um oh what a what a great dude just uh did you meet him when he was working with alice cooper or was it with thin lizzie just quickly uh, let's let's shamelessly plug damon johnson for a couple of minutes because he's such a yep. good dude i'm all over that uh damon and i are good friends um i've always been i've been a fan of damon since the brother kane days mm -hmm. um and i remember seeing brother kane back in on the wish pool tour at the Metro in Chicago and uh, fantastic show, fantastic player, always been a fan. And then internet comes out and he, you know, uh, brother Kane disappears. And so I, I'm starting looking around on the line for, Hey, what are some of my bands that I'm interested in? What are they doing? I, cause I, I worked in a record store too. when I was in the nineties, nice. early nineties. So I, there was a lot of little bands that I was totally into that didn't get as big as they should have. Brother Kane was one of them. So I was like, hey, what's Damon Johnson doing? And I stumbled across a website. Um, I saw he had an album, Dust, and I bought that. Mm -hmm. and, it's a great uh, album. Got no shame. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, fast forward to when I started going to NAM, And uh, I, I went to NAM in 2004 was my first year in Anaheim. And, you know, I'm, I'm not someone to get starstruck. I work with a lot of rock stars, and so it doesn't really – phase me there's a small handful of people that i would freak out but i always say that like working in this industry is a series of holy crap moments <laughs> like sure. you're working on, you're working on something you realize holy crap i'm working on something for damon johnson or working on warrant and for the warrant exactly yeah. so um so i go to, i'm walking around nam 
and I'm at the St. Louis music booth, which is uh, at the time was crate amplifiers and stuff like that. And um, there's a few people doing a signing there. I think it was, I can't remember exactly. I think I remember Satriani was there. I'm not sure for sure, but I know Michael Anthony was there. And I see Damon there just kind of looking at stuff and chatting with people. Mm. And I immediately recognized him and I walked up to him. I basically pushed Michael Anthony out of the way to meet Damon Johnson. <laughs> Poor Mikey, always getting disrespected. I know. He's always getting he's always getting cast aside. Holy right. story of his career. Poor so guy. I, so I met I met Damon there and I, I said that to him. I'm like, look, I'm I'm walking around now and there's rock stars everywhere, and I just pushed Michael Anthony out of the way to meet you. And we're chatting, and I had a little portfolio of my album artwork you know, these little handouts I was giving out. Yeah. And I would chat with him for a while and say, hey, if you're ever doing anything else here, take this and uh, and give me a shout. And that was it. I think I got might've gotten a photo with him. Um, nothing happened till a couple of years later. Uh, he was doing um, a show. He was doing a show with uh, Slave to the System in my area. So the I'm like, slave. Oh, I the gotta go. I gotta go see this. So as usual with my, you know, like what photographers do is they try and weasel their way into the show for free. So I weaseled my way into that show to shoot him for ESP guitars or whomever. I got credentials through someone else to go to that show for free up in Wisconsin. And uh, I meet him after the show and he recognizes me. We chat a little bit more and he's like, hey, I'm going to be doing uh, Alice Cooper in a, a show in Milwaukee in a couple of months you should come out and shoot. And we exchanged info and, and we've been friends since I, since then I, I shot Alice probably six times on that tour. Wow. Uh, so that was my, my first time seeing Alice Cooper was from the photo pit. So you can't beat that. No, 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 you can't been there. And it's, <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Um, just yeah. real quick. And I'm just going to throw that in there. You also have worked with Michael Grant, who was in LA guns for a Hollywood minute or a New York minute. Uh, do you still work with Michael? Because his work afterwards, his music afterwards, has been fantastic. I don't. It, he, I met him just very briefly at, um, again, at a NAMM show. He was working the booth at uh, Diamond Guitars, which I was also at. And so we got to know each other that weekend. But, um, excuse me, but I did a, a photo shoot with him out on the loading docks there and uh, I didn't really keep in touch with him after that, but he was, he's a super great guy. We hung out all weekend. Mm. Yeah. Just a real quick, uh, I'll mention F3studios.com. If you want to go see everything that's going on in terms of the, the visual, uh, of course, we've got Warren star clothing, but F3 studios is where you can see what, what you do. And it's great. I mean, the picture, thank you very much. I'm just looking at the stuff here with Dave Mustaine and five finger death punch and Zach. I mean, this is just, I, I've next got to level. That's it's a lot of old stuff there, but yes. I don't care. It's next level. It's still next level. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. you gotta Thank love, you. Come on, you gotta love the old stuff though. When when it comes to designing stage clothes for these guys, it's like you know if if Edge is coming to you and said, "Hey, I'm you know going money in the bank. I need a new stage. Uh, I need a new entrance jacket," <laughs> or uh, you know, I'm uh, John Fiverr. These guys, they, you know, they come to you. It's like oh, I need pants. Like, how, where do you start? Like, what is like ground zero for designing something for these guys? Everything is different. Um, every, every artist is different. Uh, Edge is a, a good example. Of, and as far as the custom work goes, I would be speaking for Sylvia because she does most of that work. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't confirm or deny that she's working on something for Edge now. Nice. 
but um but yeah she did uh she did his first jacket when he came back we uh he contacted us uh, he threw another wrestler mm. um there was another wrestler that he that we were working with and he, he um he contacted us and said hey this guy uh edge is coming back to wrestling and uh he'd like you to do his stuff he loves what we do for us blah 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 and we don't really follow wrestling so we didn't know which, <laughs> which is fine but there was a couple of people that do follow wrestling here and they were flipping out yeah so we knew we knew it was a kind of a big deal huge um, deal no. it's massive <laughs> yes <laughs> we come we come to find out afterwards yeah but um but edge edge came to us with his first jacket was based on a design that we had already done a jacket, uh, a regular jacket that we had done. He just said, Hey, let's turn this into a trench coat and let's do this and that. Mm. And so he sent some pencil sketches or, uh, you know, some quick markers of what he would want, but it was based on something we had already done. So, and then I took it in the Photoshop and turned it into, you know, a trench coat version and added some things here and there. And, and Sylvia and I worked on that together and, uh, we ran it by him and he loved it. So we made that. And then after that, uh, he wore that at the, oh, what was that? The Royal Rumble, the first one? I think it was, yeah, the, the, that's where he made his return. It was the Royal Rumble. and it was... Yeah, so he, he wore it there, and it was freaky seeing it on HD and t on the TV. and In a stadium. <laughs> in a stadium, yes, with people. <laughs> by the way, but, but do you get excited like that when you, like, you, you, you get the new Damon Johnson record or you see the guy on the Royal? Do you get sort of like a kid's excitement and go, hey, that's mine? Like, is there still that joy? Absolutely. I wouldn't Perfect. do it if we didn't. I, yeah. You know, I, like I said, I try not to get, I don't get starstruck and I, I try not to. No, but you get uh, proud and giddy. I mean, we all do. Yeah. It, like I said, it's a series of holy crap moments. You freeze frame that on TV and we're like, Sylvia and I are both there with our jaws on the floor going, look at that jacket. It looks fantastic on him. Damn, that it, looks good. <laughs> it fit him and we haven't even met him yet. So like, <laughs> we got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Since then, we've designed, uh, I think, three or four more for him, but all right. based on that first one. Nice. We That's great. A red one, a white one, a couple others that he's worn already. Yeah. And just imagine how excited you'd be if if Jeremy and I were sporting the Warren Star on all our, all our shows. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> it, yeah, it would be. We need some custom jackets. <laughs> yes, we, we do. The funny thing is that I always wanted to get Warren Star jeans, but I was always afraid that my thighs are way too fat and I would just look like uh, I would just like not fit them properly. Is there like is is that um is that a thing? Like, do people come to you and say like, "Hey, listen, you know, like, I, I, are your jeans gonna fit me?" Because they, it's our number one question because we sell mainly online. Selling mainly mm -hmm. online when you're doing clothing is really kind of tough because you got to get the fit right. Yeah. Um, I've got like and, and, the skinniest like calves, but then I have a big fat ass and it's just like, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if it would be flattering to me. Well, you got, well, what we do as far as if you're worried about custom fit, usually our custom designs, uh, our custom designs are almost always based on our existing essentials jeans. Mm -hmm. So, um, like if you want something that's a boot cut, they're usually based on our Hellraiser boot cut jeans. And so you could buy the essentials, bootcut jeans, try them out. If they fit you, you can keep them and order a new and order your custom pants, or you could take those pants, send them back to us and we'll, and we'll do the custom pants on those. Right. Right. Oh, so okay. you can fit, so you can fit on your own, on yourself. Um, we also have a showroom that I'm sitting in right now mm -hmm. um, 
that's not open yet. It's been closed since March of last year, um, but we're just putting it back together and we're hoping to open in the next couple of weeks here. Right. And we're outside of Chicago, but so it's probably a bit of a hike for you. Yeah, well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing, just a random, just a question for you, because I've always been curious about this in the fashion biz, because I, I love like I love wearing John Vervados and like the All Saints and like, all these stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference between, say, a hundred and twenty eight dollar pair of wax jeans from Warnstar versus a three hundred and fifty dollar pair of wax jeans from John Vervados? Um, just the name, I guess. No, I I don't know. I is don't know the material. The is it the craftsmanship? Is it like where it's made? Is it? The... There's a lot of things that go into it. Materials are, you know, materials are, they fluctuate. They're some are more expensive than others. It's where it's made. It's who made it. Mm-hmm. It's the brand, the name brand on it. There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, I love Varvatos' stuff, but I, I can't say that I've tried the pants on to tell you what the difference would be. Right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm always curious about them. Like, you know, like, well, what's the difference if I just go get a pair of these like old navy jeans and just wax them myself at home, or you know, or just... <laughs> you can do that if you don't value your time. You can do that, <laughs> right? So all these <laughs> jeans, like, for example, if I bought a pair of Hellraiser wax denim jeans from you off the website, like, are you guys like waxing them in house? Like, are these like bespoke like custom made pants, or like are no. they just coming from the the factory in China? Or like, like talk about the quality of Warnstar a bit. Okay, the quality of Warnstar. Well, we designed, uh, well, we, we started out with our graphic tees and our custom stage wear. And when we first started out, we made our custom stage wear on other people's jeans. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you could send in your own or we would buy other jeans and, and put it on there. And then we decided, you know what, we want to make it so that our fit is a bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. So we started designing our own and had a manufacturer uh, overseas make them. But we wanted to make sure that the quality, quality was number one. Um, we tried some places here in the U.S. We weren't getting what we wanted. So we had to go to other places around the world where doing clothing is what is, is the specialty, is what they do. And they do really well. And there's some places, you can, uh, other countries, you can get stuff made. And you can get good stuff and you can get terrible stuff. And that's the same in every industry. Guitar industry is exactly the same. You totally. can have great, great stuff coming out of a USA factory and you can have crap stuff. And same yeah. thing with their overseas factories. So uh, we designed um, our jean. We started, we started slow and just designed a basic pair of jeans. And that's our Hellraiser that we still build on. And we perfected them over a few years. And now we're really happy with them. And from then, uh, as far as our custom pants go, like the, the wax denim you're talking about, or some of our ones that have graphics on them that we sell um, in our regular section, not the, not our custom section, mm. those are designs that started out as custom designs um, that we designed. We we tried it out. We sold a, a good chunk of them. There was a, a good interest on it in it, and so we decided, hey, let's let's see what we can do to make it so a manufacturer can make this and make it well, make it as good as what we can do here. Mm. Um, so that was the most important thing. That's why sometimes it takes a, quite a bit longer to get some of these designs out because we want to make sure that they're perfect. We want people to, to go, I, I can buy the custom pants, but these are really good as well. So mm-hmm. we want to take some of these custom designs, bring them down to a manufacturer and say, hey, this is what we have to do. If we have to, there's certain things that a manufacturer can do that we can't do. Mm-hmm. So, and there's certain things that we can do that they can't do. So right. we just have to make some minor changes 
and uh, and get it to where we're happy with it, where we're, we're happy to put our name on it. And uh, and we then they manufacture it, ship them here and uh, we sell them out of here. And we even customize some of the those pants once they get here. Wow. Right. Well, wow. uh, warmstar.com. That's where you have to go head out and check out. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a couple of pair of these jeans because they look really cool, and I'm looking for a new black jean. They really like, look. So. They look great. I'm looking at the whole line right now, from the beanies to the caps to everything, and yeah. there's Thank even you. a uh, American Daredevil tee that's done in that uh, warrant font, which is kind of cool. <laughs> the warrant font. It's the warrant font. Come on. Well, I, I mean, designed. It, I designed that album. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why well, I, I said. Knew that. <laughs> yes, I did. That's why I said it. The yes. warrant font. It's the Robert Mason font. It's the yes, the Rob Mason font. No, but uh, he did that album. Uh, what was it? Harder. What was it called again? Uh, harder, faster. Harder, 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 faster. Right for Frontiers back a few years ago, and that that shirt has the same stripe across. It's beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Nice. There you go. All right. Well, Warrenstar Warren Star and make sure you check out this brand new Zeppelin pinball machine that's uh, that's released as well. I mean, look at that. What a beauty. That's yeah. at sternpinball.com. Not the man. I'm talking about the pinball. Look at look, right. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, right. I did. Stephen, this was great, man. It was really great to meet you, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna be buying a couple of pairs of jeans off you. So look out for uh, my order. Yep. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank man. you guys. Thank you very much. Absolutely. That was fun.